0: You're listening to Highlights from One Planet podcast interview with Tansy Hoskins, award-winning journalist and author of The Anti-Capitalist Book of Fashion. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. I definitely believe at the moment that the fashion brands big fashion in particular like they just exist to exploit people it's an excuse to exploit the poor basically like I see fashion as part of this very extractive global economic society where 100 150 years ago that extraction was very obvious you had the enslavement of people you had you know taxation you had literally armies turning up and occupying the land that they wanted and just taking whatever resources or land these days like it is it's more Subtle, but the brands are still following those colonial pathways. You know, I'm like sat here in London and, you know, there's a reason why British brands go to like India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, following the same colonial uh, trade routes. It's also a system very much based on really unfair debt and a total lack of debt justice, whereby global South economies are having to earn foreign capital by opening themselves up to these export industries, whether that's cotton or coffee or garments. 80% of everything that Bangladesh exports is garments. It's a ludicrous position for an economy like to be in. And it's very deliberate, like the exploitation as well. You know, brands make these sourcing decisions very deliberately. They go where they they think that workers' rights will be suppressed and environmental legislation will be suppressed. And if anything does happen, that the government will step in and do the suppressing and just give them a sort of carte blanche to do whatever they want. So, yeah, at the moment, yes, it's very difficult to point at any part of the fashion industry and go, that's not exploitative. You know, that's exploiting the land, that's exploiting these people, that's, you know, that's based on fossil fuels, those toxic dyes are going into the river. Yeah, it's a deeply exploitative industry. I mean, we certainly need to change the whole fashion industry. I I think at the moment we do have a situation where the clothes that are being produced are valued more than the people who are producing them. And you know, when you think that these days people don't really even value their clothes that much, you know, that shows how badly people are treated. Um, I definitely believe we need a, a global Green New Deal which will involve massive structural degrowth of the fashion industry. But as you say, We have to make sure that we don't just repeat the sacrifice zones that we're seeing anyway with climate change, whereby we say to the 4 million garment workers in Bangladesh, okay, You know, it's been great. You've, you know, you've made several billion bits of clothing, but like we're off now and you know, you have no more jobs and no more, no infrastructure. And so, yeah, it has to be just transition. But I think it's in many ways, like it's a bit of an exciting opportunity whereby we could really overturn this global export economy. That's how I see the fashion industry essentially, is that it fits into this pattern that started with colonialism, whereby the global South is just there to kind of service the Global North, and in the case of the fashion industry, the land and the people and the resources are just there to service Global North corporations, the big fashion players, to the detriment of, you know, the majority of people in this world. It's a horrible situation, and the fashion industry, it's really sexist in the way it really targets young women like this. Obviously, all of this is optional sort of advice, but, you know, you can kind of do an audit of your social media feeds as a first thing and just be like, is following these people, like, actually helping my overall kind of emotional health. And if necessary, unfollow them. You can also shut down your social media feed. If you find that that is what is making you feel you have to go and buy something, you know, that you feel like you're not good enough or your clothes are not good enough, kind of having that quite honest emotional chat with yourself and unfollowing people or even shutting down Like the account overall, I mean, I personally quit Instagram having become quite aware of the really detrimental impact it was having on my sort of mental and emotional health. Yeah, not reading fashion magazines, like staying a bit away from this content, I think is really important. I know I can't read a fashion magazine without thinking like, oh, I need to go shopping or I want to look like that or I want to buy this. So I try not to read them overall. There's nothing wrong with getting new bits of clothing, but kind of thinking about where you're getting them from. So deciding, okay, I'm not going to buy anything new for the next year. I'm going to go instead, I'm going to go to like charity shops, thrift stores. I'm going to do Depop and Vintage and eBay and get into the excitement of secondhand and indeed like making stuff as well and you know to like develop a new skill and stuff is always really good but also not being super hard on yourself is really important and just kind of thinking okay like I am against like the consolidated powers of the biggest brands in the world whose sole purpose on earth is to pre- convince me I'm not good enough and that I need to buy their crap basically finally like a great antidote to all of this is becoming like a bit more of a fashion actor activist and really engaging in like where you know where the stuff comes from and what it's made of because it's a very different experience going into a shop and seeing for example a made in Bangladesh label or a currently like a made in Myanmar label when you know the lived reality of the people in those factories so I think ultimately that's the way of totally changing your mindset but yeah it's a lifelong project like I'm not there yet nobody's quite there yet nobody's perfect What is it that we're trying to sustain when we talk about like sustainable fashion? So I think something that is like really kind of anti-capitalist or actually sustainable has to be really not engaging with this fashion system. And, you know, there would have to be sort of no like exploitation or like absolutely minimal exploitation within that. So, yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, there's definitely like small brands That are doing a much better job than a lot of the big players and are kind of creating a blueprint for a future society and showing, look, we can make beautiful things without like trashing the planet and, you know, without exploiting people to the extent that we see with the big brands. And so I think that's really important because... Like, yeah, I want to change the world, but I want to change the world for the better. I want to be able to show people, look, like if we degrow the fashion industry or if we overthrow capitalism or, whatever, you know, live in harmony with the biosphere, whatever it is, that actually things are going to be better for everyone. We're not doing this so stuff can get worse. We want to do it so, so things can get better. I think we first of all have to take the idea of perfect existence off the table, right? So if we're not trying to be perfect then i think there are some interesting avenues that that we can explore where we can all definitely do better so yeah i think repair is a really important thing so becoming knowledgeable and like fluent in repair and repairing your clothes is really important finding way to exchange clothes that is not based on just buying new clothes from brands is really important i think that the second hand market Whether it's sort of peer-to-peer market, sort of Depop type things is really interesting and important. Charity shops are important. Like obviously the model at the moment where then loads of the secondhand stuff is exported is not working at all. But having these kind of hubs in our community where there's a surplus of clothes that people can get in an affordable way is really important. And this sort of anarchist tradition of free shops, like in, in my neighborhood, there's like a warm coat collection that happens in the winter at the moment there's a free shop for like a baby and children's clothes that's going on you know these are signs of like the cost of living crisis in the UK so they're not like it's not like something to be super cheerful about but it shows that there are these other ways of exchanging this surplus of clothing that we have. But I think, number one, if you want to be like an anti-capitalist fashionista, if, you know, we're going to create that today, it is like being an activist within the fashion industry, right? So it's not really how you look. It's kind of what you do. And at the moment, that is... For me, like standing in solidarity with the garment workers, 80 odd million people who are on the front line of capitalism and in the garment industry and yeah, and showing up for them, like with the living wage campaigns and the anti-gender based violence campaigns and these kind of things and, you know, sticking up for land defenders and the protesters in Myanmar, the people defending the rainforest in Brazil. Like I think that's where you can start kind of living the political ideology of anti-capitalism and we've got to kind of free ourselves as well. Like, It's capitalism that wants us to sort of fixate on our appearance and our sort of consumer choices. Whereas I think if we kind of free ourselves from that and go, yeah, that's fun, like that's a thing we can do, but the main thing I'm going to concentrate on is how we change the world in a collective internationalist fashion. I think then we start getting towards being anti-capitalist fashionistas, definitely. I think it's really important to remember that This system and this point of crisis feels really fixed and really like that we can't change anything and that everything is inevitable. Ursula Le Guin was fond of saying that like at one point the divine right of kings and the serf system felt like it was untouchable. But actually these are just made up systems and if we can make them up then we can unmake them and we can create better things. So I think we are at a point of global opportunity. I certainly think that young people are absolutely critical to what happens next. And if each of us connect to our oneness with the planet and with the biosphere and with the other creatures that we live on this planet with, then we have a lot better shot of keeping within 1.5 degrees and really making a better society for every single person on the planet. We hope you've enjoyed this program and listening to the highlights of this podcast. If you'd like to get involved in One Planet podcast or learn more about environmental projects, click on the subscribe button. Thank you for listening.